You know, um, like usual, for some reason, I get up on these mountains and I was telling my wife that God unravels me. Jackie called me, when I seen Jackie a couple weeks ago and he told me, Don, I want you to teach. And I don't know if it's going to be on patience or pa- passion. And I'm thinking in my heart, I'm going, passion, come on. You, if anybody knows me, I can get real passionate. But I know the Lord. The Lord has a tendency to say, Don, you want to go to Shoshone, but I'm going to send you to Gooding. And you want to teach on passion, but what you need right now is patience. And tonight, today, my, my message is I'm stepping in patience. And it's going to start out in Hebrews chapter 6 with verses 11 and 12. And it says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of the hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and impatience inherit the promises. The epangelia, the, the promises, that's the Greek word for it, that is the absoluteness of what God has said. Last night Dave used the word ev in in, that we are found in him. Our walk is complete in Him. When we came, we heard that come to me, and we stepped into that. That was our beginning of our walk. Now, if you're like me, we get kind of impatient sometimes. We live in a microwave world today, and we want ding in minutes, or we want things quickly. We want our coffee. We want our fast food. We want our our DVR to play what we missed, and, and we go through those situations. And as I, as I thought about this, I'm thinking, man, how ironic is in my life right now where I'm at, I need that patience. God has been testing me in some different storms. My pastor preached last week about storms of perfection, storms of correction, and then storms of redirection. And that Wednesday night as I was preaching about it, as I was preparing my message through Romans 16, or 15 at the time, I was thinking to myself, Man, I've been going through a storm of all of those at once. There's been correction, a big part of the storm. But in that correction, I'm realizing God is, is preaching perfection to me. He's taking my faith and he's perfecting it. And, and then he was redirecting me. My eyes were getting off the prize. I was getting, looking to the left, looking to the right, getting caught up in the cares of the world. And, and I couldn't find myself there. I, w- I was getting uncomfortable, which leads me over to the next part of the message this morning is, is Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. I'm just going to read them to you. If you want to jump there, please do. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that from which Christ also laid hold of me. I stopped for a second there because I thought about that in a moment. I heard a brother teach not long ago. He said, let me mess with you, Noodle. He says, if you're in Christ, you're already in heaven. Last night I heard Dave say that same thing. If we're in Christ, we're already there. But Paul, he's, he, he's giving us this thing. He's saying in the next verse, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do... I think this is huge to be able to be patient in our walk. He says, 
forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward for those things which are ahead. We don't forget where we came from. Because when we forget where we come from, all too often we get judgmental. We, we get complacent. And before you know it, those things that we thought were in the past sneak up and grab us again. And we can't forget where we came from because we have to also realize that there's men and women out there broken just like we were, once were and we have material that we can relate to them. As Paul says, I can become all things to all people that I may win a few for the kingdom. He goes on and he says this, I press towards the goal or the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is what I'm waiting for patiently. Sometimes during the, during the elections, I was like, Lord, it would be a good time to come. And, you know, I was thinking Hillary might win. And I thought, oh, man, if Hillary wins, you're definitely going to have to move up your, your, your scheduling. And I, I, I was at that point, and I'm like, but Lord, you're faithful. You're capable. You got this. In my own life. I, 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 I wasn't going to share this, but I'm, I'm in the process of adopting a young man out of my church where a family's approached to me and asked me to adopt a 14-month little boy. And man, probably made me cry a little bit, but the, the world said no. Because I have a past. I've made some choices in my past that the world looks at and, 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 and holds me to that. Even though I've done everything they've asked me to, even legally, I'm no longer on the records as a felon or any of these things, but they look at that past and they say no. And, and my wife being involved, it was breaking my heart. My wife is getting committed and she's loving this little boy because he's in our home already. And I'm going, man, Lord, why would you? I didn't have to call Fritz. And I was mad when I called Fritz because when I heard the world say no, I was like, God, how is this right? And I know God was in the back of my head saying, be patient, I got this. But I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear that. I wanted the immediate right now. I needed that answer that God was for me. And how could he bring this to me and put this on my platter and get my heart committed with this opportunity and then just go and rip my heart out of my chest. God had another plan. And, 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 and that plan, the sister that I'm, I'm working with with this little child has been hearing the Lord of the, the voice of the Lord for a long time on this. And she's been established with the fact that no matter what the world says, God has told me this is where he's to be placed. So I, do, I, I, had, to, I had to empty myself. I said, I don't know if you know about my past, but this is the past that I hold, that people hold against me, and they, they see this past and they judge me on it. And she said, Don, I know all about it. And I already dealt with it, and God said it's already taken care of, and that there's no reason for me to be concerned with it. You know, that unraveled me that day, to hear, put my wife on her knees in front of me, to see God's faithfulness and that patience. So no matter where we find ourselves, it, Paul is saying this, therefore, verse 15, let us, as many are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. That same mind is that John 14, that 15, that, that message will be here is to love one another. 
Then he goes into this part as our destination is assured. So as I walk through this life, if, if I am in Jesus and he is in me, then where I'm going is already taken care of. As Jackie was talking about Abraham, I read a little bit farther read, and God said to Abraham, you're going to have a long life. You're going to die of an old age. He didn't say he was going to die of some tragic car accident. He said, you're going to die of an old age. At the time, Abraham was 75 years old. Little did know he was going to live a lot longer than 75 years. But he was assured, the epangelia of God, he was the promise. It was an absolute thing that God was in. And so he lived through life unraveled, not afraid of anything, because he knew God was for him. Where are we living at today? Are we in such a hurry that we're not hearing the voice of God? Are we living in such a way that patience is not the virtue any longer in our lives? Some of us have been called to the ministry, and and we've been making steps, and then we feel like we're pulled back. Some of us started, as you heard today from this pulpit this weekend, with that fire. Luke 12, 49, Jesus says, I came to bring fire. He came to bring fire. Not to, to burn the place down, but to set us on fire. To set us on fire with the message that God is good, that God is love, that God loves all unconditionally. And sometimes in my my ministering to the Lord as he ministers to the people that I'm able to be come and have an impact on, right away somebody's gotten it and declared Jesus as Lord. The homo legeo, they made the act of confession and they started living for Christ. And then there's those people that are kind of, ah, I don't know about that. I don't want to hear about that today. And I have that a lot in my family. I have LDS, a lot of LDS in my family. And before, I used to pick up the book and dump them and tell them, you don't know what you believe, you don't know what you're talking. And I'd hit them with it and hit them with it and hit them. And then I one day realized I was doing more damage than good. So I became patient and started showing the love of Christ. In this message, as Paul's finishing off this thing, he's saying, and I'm going to go ahead and jump to 21, it says, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to a glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Every knee shall bow, right? Ephesians chapter 2. Every knee shall bow. Be it I'm for God or against God. God's not going to force me to bow to him in this life, he's going to give me opportunity after opportunity. He says in Revelations, he's knocking at the door. Who will ever answer the door? He'll come in and sup with them and he with them. He wants us. He's reaching to us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, he's constantly reaching out to us. But as we have men of God, I, I, I fear that the church has gotten complacent. And I fear if we were to take a good look, including myself in the mirror, that we'd find that we've gotten complacent. That the the power of the Holy Spirit has been dwindled because we're not counting on it like we should. We're becoming portly men. 
up here and, and we're not living in the might of God. Not living in his counsel. We're not walking in those steps at times. A lot of times, so a lot of us are coming to the church and we think we've done it. Oh, well, yeah, I said some amens. I showed up on church on Sunday. I raised my hand there in worship and I got it. But God says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Are you guys doing that? Am I doing that? Are we walking in patience knowing that God is the author and finisher of this, this whole race and where we're going? Leads me over to the last verse of this that I'm finished with. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1 and 2. He says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness... You know, that cloud of witness has been a study for me. I had to look at that and think, what is a cloud of witness? Because it comes up in a couple of different places, this, this cloud of witness. The idea is Jesus went up on clouds. There, was, there are witnesses. Those witnesses are those that went before us. The Old Testament, they look forward to the coming of Jesus Christ to, 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 to fulfillment of prophecy. Then he came and he fulfilled that prophecy. What are we looking for now? The sticker on the front says it. When you see these things begin to happen, raise your head, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. We're looking for the returning, the calling, the rapture of the church to, to be prepared. And we have to wait patiently. Because some days we're like, today would be a good day, Lord. I don't really want to go deal with that today, Lord. You know, If you could do it today, that would be good. I mean, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, you know, I'm in a pretty good spot today. You know, I could open up the door and let you in, and the house is looking pretty good. And then there's those days Jesus comes knocking, and we're like, oh, no, not right now, Lord. Not right now. Forgive me my doubt. Forgive me my lack of faith, Lord. Because we've got to be honest with ourselves. All of us here go through that. I don't care if you're Jackie or Fritz or you're Barry or, or whoever. We all go through that times when we, we become like those dry bones. We get impatient. We become like that little kid. Daddy, can I have some ice cream? Daddy, can I have some ice cream? And, 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 the, and daddy's going, no, you can't have ice cream. We haven't had dinner yet. And I'm to God, I'm constantly doing this myself. I'm like, Lord, why? Why are you doing this? Don't you love me? And it's over something trivial, but I, I, I've allowed myself to get there, and I'm questioning my relationship with him. God's relationship with me has not changed. As I wander through in and out of sin or the struggles, tribulations, and trials of my life, God's love for me has not changed. As he said to Peter, it is active. It's the agape. It's the active, unconditional love of God. It is focused on me. It's absolute. It's not changing. It's me that lives by the whims. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. Looking onto the Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When you're in a race, I'm a little old and I think I could run a race. I'm like, yeah, I could run a race. But when it comes time to do it, it's like, yeah, okay. I'm 13 point. Can I do 1.3 miles and can I walk briskly? You know, but when I'm running the race, you plan. If you're going to run one of these 26.2, I know a lot of brothers that do it, you've got to have a plan. 
You don't go rushing out the gate, the rabbit and the hare concept, and you get so far down the road and you're like, uh, 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 and then here comes the turtle. Just a steady walk. Keeping his eyes on the finish line. Keeping his eyes on the author and finish of our race. That's what having a patient walk is all about. Is that steadiness. There's going to be trials and tribulations. James says count it all joy. Count it all joy. Peter said it's refining us. It's like refining gold. It's taking the dross out and perfecting our faith for him. We're going to have those. We're going to have those times of doubt. If you doubt it, look at the disciples. Over and over and over, some believed and some doubted. Even to the point when Jesus said, meet us on the hill in, in Matthew 28. They go to the hill and there's Jesus and some believed and some doubted. Thomas gets told, you won't believe it. We're on the road to Emmaus. And, and Jesus came in the room. I stuck my fingers. And he's, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it for myself. And doubted. Men of faith. We can no longer stand by. We can no longer not take up our cross and die daily. We can no longer not demonstrate the love of Christ. In our households. In our workplace. We need to be active men. Our nation is in the state it is. Because we've turned our head, we've wagged our head, and we've looked the other way. If moral men, the moral men of God would stand up and run for the city government, run for the state government, run for our nation's government, we might not make inroads the first time. But the first guy might get in the door. And then the second guy might get three steps closer. And then the one guy might get in a leader position. And another guy will get into... And one day... The word of God would be taught again from leadership positions. But if we stand by and go, ah, and wag our heads, nothing's ever going to change. If we want change in this world, we have to be the change. Galatians 6, 9 tells us that, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. That concept is that when we're finished the race, we're going to be able to stand before the Lord and he's going to say, enter into heaven, you good and faithful servant. Isn't that what you want to hear? I know it's what I want to hear. And I know I look at myself and I look in the mirror and I think, man, Lord, I'm no better than the guy that's in prison making the bad choices. I'm no better than the guy that's addicted to drugs. I'm no better than the guy that is a murderer. I'm no better than the guy that is a liar because you came for everyone. You came for the sinner. And I'm a sinner myself. There, there is no degree to it. But what excites me is in, in John 19.30, in closing, Jesus is on the cross. He's endured. He's walked a patient walk with a sinless life. He's dealt with these, these knucklehead disciples. He's had a, a, a betrayer amongst him. The whole time, and he loved him the same. 
unconditionally gave him the same love. He didn't say, well, well I know you are, Judas, are not gonna be, you're going to be the one to betray me, so I'm not going to allow you to go out in, in the power of my name and cast out demons and heal the sick. Judas was right there with them. Right there with them. Jesus on the cross uses these words. And it always keeps me safe. Is it is finished. Do you understand the depths of those words? The victory has already been won. It's all been paid. It's the maturity that is happening in our walks. We men can no longer live in the childish ways that we once lived. We are called to grow and mature in Christ. To be holy, for I am holy. The idea of teleos is, is to mature. If we've gone stagnant, I pray that you guys, when you get these guys up here in front, or you're up in your church and there's people up in front, you go and pray. Or you'd go find something and confess your, confess your sins to one another. Confess your trespasses to one another. Don't let the enemy hold you in that place. Because he will. He will hold you right where you are in that sin. And I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Second John makes it very clear. We continue to trespass. We don't know God. We cannot continue to do. Trespass is a different thing. Sin is missing the mark, right? Everybody gets that? Amen? It's missing the mark. We fall short. Trespass is a big sign, the fence. Don't trespass. And you... You jump the fence, you jump the fence, you jump the fence, you jump the fence, and before long you get complacent and you don't, you don't even care that you're jumping the fence anymore. If you're jumping the fence, you need to take some personal inventory. I need to take personal inventory. But I want you to remember, in, and it is finished. Amen? Let's pray for this morning's breakfast. Father God, we pray that you would empower us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would give us the boldness it takes to, to, to live out a life that declares who you are in our lives. Lord, and when we fall short, let us own it, Lord. Let us own it before the people. Let us, let us stand before them and say, you know, I fell short, but my relationship is assured with Jesus Christ. I'm no better than you. I'm broken just like you, but the difference between you and I the difference between a Christian and the world is we know the creator of the world and he knows us. Lord, we, may we walk in that boldness. May we stand faithful in that, Lord. May we be empowered by your Holy Spirit to go off this mountain, set on fire like you came to bring fire, that we would take it to our homes with joy in our hearts, that we would take it to our workplaces, we would take it to the gas station, to the bank, to walking down the street. God and the Holy Spirit would give us an unction to stop and talk to somebody or to praise for somebody. Lord, let us be found faithful in doing so. Because, Lord, we are in those last days, Lord. We see the, the, the moments happening before us. We see your prophecy be, being fulfilled on a daily basis. Let us continue to be patient, though, Lord, knowing that you have begun a work and you will finish the work. Lord, we thank you for this morning for the food that you put before us. We thank you because you've already blessed it, Lord. 
We thank you for the fellowship that we have. And may you be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen.